Hello and welcome to our official Utah College Republicans podcast. My name's Kwok. And I'm Josh. And as always, we are here to talk about the interesting things going on on the local um, and federal level that are on our radar. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about campus free speech, specifically one bill that is in the Utah House of Representatives right now. Kwok, you want to talk about it a little bit? Absolutely. This week on our docket, We have HB 159, which is a higher education speech bill, free speech bill. This bill mainly defines the term discriminatory harassment, which is crucial in this whole thing. Second, this enacts provisions related to discriminatory harassment at an institution of higher education. And one of the main provisions that it actually implements is it prohibits an institution from sanctioning or disciplining certain acts of speech that or that can't that does not discri- um, constitute discriminatory discriminatory harassment. <clears throat> um, so yeah, Josh, what's your thoughts on this bill? Yeah, so this bill um, obviously makes some important steps. So it defines discriminatory harassment as, uh, and I'm quoting directly from the bill here, uh, speech that is so severe, pervasive, or harassment that is so severe, pervasive, and offensive that it undermines and distracts from a student's educational experience and that student is effectively denied access to an institution's resources or opportunities. Very, very, very specific there. And that is the definition that was given in a ruling in a Supreme Court case back in in 1999 in Davis versus Monroe County Board of Education. So yeah, I mean, what effects do you think this definition will have on our college campuses, Josh? Well, basically any speech that doesn't fall under that definition in theory, colleges wouldn't be able to regulate. Uh, in practice, we've had mixed experiences. Um, as everybody knows, it's no secret that universities are not the friendliest places um, to conservative speech. So a lot of it's going to come down to how this ends up being implemented. You know, As important as this bill is, uh, it's going to fall on the universities and the students as well to make sure that it's being implemented fairly. I think this bill is so important because before now, you know, higher higher institutions of higher education in, in, in the state of Utah, especially public, mainly public in institutions, have some form of um, free speech codes that really um, were intended to promote the civility and tolerance of, of, of campuses, which I'm for. I mean, of course, who wouldn't be for these things? That's absolutely great. However, you know, it was more towards the, it depended, the, the responsibility to judge between what is free speech and what is harassment was really dependent upon the university. And now the state has came in and said, this type of speech that falls under the, the definition that was laid out in a Supreme Court case back in 99, that won't be protected as free speech. However, everything else, you can't prosecute that. And I think that is very important. It's laying down what schools can and cannot and it makes a distinction, a hard distinction between what is harassment and what is really messed up and what should not be tolerated versus what is freedom of expression? What is actually free speech? And I think it's great. It, this will really have a great effect on our college campuses. And I fully support this bill. I, I think something like this is long overdue. What, what do you think, Josh? I agree. I could not agree more. Uh, I don't know a ton about the internal legislature politics of this bill. I don't know if it's going to pass. I sure hope it does. I don't see why any reasonable person would disagree with this. I think that college campuses are supposed to be places where we engage 
with people from all kinds of backgrounds, with all kinds of different perspectives, Absolutely. including and especially those perspectives that we don't agree with. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to go to college and be told that your perspective on the world is right and everything you think is right and uh, your politics and your, your theories are all correct, right. you know, that's not an educational experience. Um, you know, I am challenged by, by peers, by professors all Absolutely. the time in terms of what I think, and I think it's fantastic. And I hope that everybody else who, who goes to university feels the same way. Uh, but I've been concerned, it should come as no surprise that, again, these universities are not exactly friendly to conservative speech. And so I've been concerned to see in the past some universities not necessarily embracing those alternative points of view because they're generally unpopular among students and the faculty. Right. And I think the issue was that these already these pre-existing free speech codes and, and, and policies that were intended to promote civility and tolerance, I think they were being over-enforced. They were being almost weaponized to silence the opposition almost to 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 shun out the thoughts and the um expressions of the opposition and i absolutely agree look college is all about higher learning and it's a citadel of, of higher learning and where diversity of thought and debate are supposed to flourish where look i might think a certain way and might have entered the campus with a certain mindset However, being exposed to different mindsets have not just made me stronger as a person, but I've changed my thoughts in various ways. And I, I think that is learning, that's personal development, and that's what college is absolutely about. And it should remain that way. And to remain that way, freedom of thought, freedom of speech uh, is, 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 has to be ubiquitous. It has to be, and it has to be protected. That's my thought. And, and we would, right now, we would just really like to share with some of um, our experiences on college campuses that where this wasn't the case, where it wasn't protected. I mean, Josh, do you want to share some of your experiences? Sure. So real quick, before I get into the experience we had uh, at the University of Utah, um, I'll say there's a great movie uh, made by Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla um, called No Safe Spaces. It talks a lot about this, about similar topics um, free speech on college campuses goes through some instances where there were some big problems to that end. And it's if, if you're not convinced that this is an issue, I'd encourage you to go watch that movie. It makes a very compelling argument. I guess it's a documentary. Um, at the University of Utah specifically last year, um, us as the college Republicans were trying to bring um, a speaker from the UK. His name was um, Carl Benjamin. And, you know, he's not the most non-controversial guy. He's a pretty <laughs> provocative speaker. That's his approach. Right. You know, I'm not going to go out and say I endorse everything the guy's ever said, but that doesn't mean he shouldn't, that people shouldn't hear from him and that he shouldn't come to our campus to speak. Right. He was coming to the U.S. He was doing a tour sort of thing, and we had the opportunity to have him come. And, you know, why wouldn't you? Right? People were interested in him. Um, and... So we'd planned it out. We'd got him plane ticket. He he ended up coming here. But a week before the event, we uh, heard from the university um, that they wanted us to pay around twenty thousand wow. uh, dollars to cover the security. And they had it all itemized and broken down. You know, this is your upfront fee. This per officer and stuff like that. And it shocked us. I mean, 
It's unrealistic. It, 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 it was unrealistic to right. expect that a week before we'd be able to come up with that money. Right. You know, we do things on a pretty shoestring budget, so we were playing for the guy's ticket and Absolutely. for his hotel and for food while he was here, but, you know, pretty limited in terms of the kind of expenses we can handle. And so when they threw this on us, we were like, that's a problem. We can't handle that. And I'll say, to the university's credit, we went and we talked to the dean of students, nice guy, uh, relatively understanding, but at the end of the day, there was nothing that could be done. And we either had to pay the fees or we couldn't hold the event. Uh, at the end of the day, what we ended up doing was we held the event at, at a space at a library um, in Salt Lake City. And it was a huge success. We filled up the space with around 250 people. We had to turn people away because we ran out of space. Uh, no issues, nothing security related, no concerns. Again, the biggest problem was that we didn't have enough space. Um, he came, he spoke, people were really entertained by it. It was great for our organization. And honestly, I'm just disappointed that the university couldn't have uh, played a bigger role in it. You know, we had students who couldn't come because they didn't have cars and they were having trouble finding a way to get there and stuff like that. Um, you know, certainly more people would have been benefited from it had it been on campus. So I think it's it's – the loss of the students and the loss of the school that that didn't happen and our loss right. because we like having more people involved in our events. So I, and as, as Nash, as state chairman, uh, I've heard similar stories. I've heard almost the exact same story from uh, college Republicans in Washington, you know, so these are not uncommon things to happen. And so again, if you don't think this is an issue, bills like this will help to address problems like what we've just described. Right. And, and, you know, get the university could definitely do a better job in making it more conducive for, for speakers of all ideas and, and all backgrounds to come and speak to our students to really expose us to different ideas. And I think that's one of the ways that the university can actually promote free speech. And I think that's absolutely needed. You know, and one of the things, these attempts of trying to sabotage um, 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 certain speakers of, of pol certain political ideologies is not it's not a new thing um you know there was a bill the black student union um a resolution that was up in the a was up in asu which is the university of utah student government last year which actually actively said wanted to defund security just like what you mentioned defund security for certain quote-unquote speakers who promote hate and they mentioned ben shapiro uh, in, during this bill and I, I mean, personally, I wouldn't really, you know, I, I really like Ben Shapiro. I think he's a great guy, and I, I think he's really a cordial and a well-spoken guy. You know, I really like him. But and, and I run, I per, and, but here's the thing is that there this bill, I and here's where my experience comes in, is that this bill actually also, you know, talked about a all-black segregated swoop camp. And um, tried and it had a lot of legal issues in terms of implementation. I had a lot of unrealistic demands, and I spoke against this bill because I it's um, because there were logistical issues to it. I was not against the intentions of this bill whatsoever because I absolutely want to promote um, um, uh, our black students and empower black students on our campus, and I want to promote more um, students from African-American communities to come and join our university community. Of course, I think that's crucial. However, I just thought this was not the way to do it because 
this is just, it, it, it's not going to be implemented if it's not, if it poses legal issues and if it's against federal, multiple federal and, and, and state policies. I, I spoke out against this and I was painted as a racist. I was painted as, painted as someone who's hateful, which absolutely I am nothing of. I, I think lowly of anyone who would subscribe to an, an ancient and offensive ideology who will discriminate on the basis of race or anything else. I believe everyone is equal and that's absolutely not true. And and look, I, I was shunned out for this. And throughout that impeachment meeting where they tried to impeach me for this bill, for voting against this bill, I, I the common consensus in this meeting was let's censor, let's, let's, let's put him on probation, let's censor the, the people who are actually going to talk about common sense policy. You know, our schools, I think, are really, I think this is imminent. The threat of free speech is, is on our college campuses is absolutely imminent. And look, I absolutely, I want free speech. I just don't want my speech. I Look, I will, as a, as a senator at ASUU, and as a person who's, who's politically active like me and Josh, I, could, I am absolutely for every single idea. I may not disagree with the other guy, but I will fight to the death to protect that person's right to say their ideas. And that's what I'm going to do. I believe in free speech. I don't care if they disagree with me. I would love to talk to them. And I think right now our universities need to promote more dialogue. And it's that's... I think that's just what we need right now. I mean, what do you think, Josh? That's very true. Of all people, you would hope that our student government would be able to speak <laughs> reasonably about about student legislation, but sometimes it seems that isn't the case. Um, I'll add on top of that that this, this bill that we've been talking about, HB 159, is important, but I think we've made it clear that that's not the be-all, end-all, nor should it be. There are institutions on college campuses that should have the responsibility of making sure all points of view are welcome, and sometimes that isn't the case. Um, and if you're a student at one of these schools and you're listening to this, you know I'd encourage you to get involved in the institutions at your school, get Absolutely. involved in the clubs, get involved in the student government. Part of the reason that conservative students often struggle so much to feel like they're perspectives are being heard fairly is that uh, frankly colleges are liberal institutions and I and I mean capital L liberal <laughs> um, you know potentially capital D Democrat institutions <laughs> I, I, I might go that far and but there are people on these campuses who have a, other beliefs who are conservative who don't necessarily believe in everything the left tells them I know this because Kwok and I have talked to a lot of these people. Absolutely. And it's important that we get involved, uh, that we make sure our voices are heard, and that others like us feel that they can have their voices heard too. And as we involve ourselves in institutions on these campuses, uh, we will have a greater ability for ourselves and for everyone like us and not like us to speak freely. And that's what this is all about. Absolutely. And, and, and one of the things I kind of want to add on top of this is that um, you know, when I was against the bill with some, some, um, um, with some logistical and, and, and legal issues that were, I think, common sense and had nothing to do with race, um, 
I was painted as a racist. And I feel like standing up for the spill and as a conservative on campus, I think everyone is bound to be accused of being discriminatory and things like that. Look, as conservatives, standing up for HB 159 is absolutely has nothing to do with tolerating discrimination. As conservatives, we should be fighting racism. We should be fighting discrimination. We should be fighting intolerance. We sh that's what our party is about. We are that movement who who will promote these core American values. And and we should never tolerate these instances. And but however, we're just talking about we need to protect our right to spread our message and our ideas, everyone else's ideas on campus. And look, and I think it's crucial because it's 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 really personal to us because in while we were at College Republicans and tabling at the U, it is we've you know we've suffered damages, we've suffered physical damages. Someone just came up to us and flipped our tables. So people tried to sabotage our, our our you know weekly meetings by trying to reserve th that room. Um, we are we're really being sabotaged. There were some real attempts at at you know. I mean, we get called all sorts of names. We're harassed. I mean, it, it's I I mean we're really facing hardship here. And yeah, Josh, I mean, I, I'm going to jump in and <laughs> we're not playing the victim card here. We're really not. I don't, no. I don't want it to sound <laughs> I, I, at some points there. It might have sounded like Quok or even I'm earlier might have been playing the victim card. We're not. Um, Absolutely not. Our, our our objective here is based on principle. And that principle is that everybody, whether it's Quok, myself um, or anybody else on the college campus or I mean, more broadly, I think, in, in society, but let's keep our objectives small. <laughs> On the college campus, whether or not I agree with them, I, I will stand up for the right of someone I don't agree with to say that what they think. Right. And I don't feel like my university will do that to for me. <laughs> um, and that's not a good thing. So that's how I feel. I... I hope to get to a point where everybody, regardless of their political perspective, feels that their university will stand up for their right to say what they want. Once the universities can do that, I will be happy. I think one of the other things that as young conservatives we should be absolutely doing is, is having a dialogue. I think that's one of the most crucial things. Um, all of my years at student government, I mean, I have spoken to so many, so many student groups and so many people. I mean, being on elections and, and doing multiple political internships, you just get to talk to a lot of people. And majority of them, quite frankly, aren't people who I agree with. You know, they're, they're, they're Democrats. Some of them are of different political ideologies. And, and I've talked to them. And when you talk to them, it humanizes them. It humanizes them, and not just that, but it really makes you understand what their views exactly are and where they're coming from, that you actually have similar intentions. It's just that we need to realize, it's just we all are for the great good of this country. I This is why I hate demonizing people. I'm all for, it, and when you talk to them, when you see their true intentions, you realize that you actually share the same goal. It's just that the routes to get there are so different. That's just it, and look, it's that, that way it's easier for, for compromise. It's easier for dialogue. It's easier for free speech to actually flourish. People are willing to listen to you. People aren't thinking that, you know, that way when you have these kind of dialogues, people aren't thinking that you're a terrible person. And when they don't think you're a terrible person, it turns out that it's easier to actually talk to them 
And and that's what I'm talking about. As as conservatives or anyone, quite frankly, I think everyone should challenge themselves and try to talk to have as many of dialogues and 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 talk to as many different people as possible. And yeah, Josh, our yeah. our country is very polarized right now. Absolutely. The left has a pretty clear solution in mind for that. They think that a certain group of people by talking in a certain way that group is creating polarization. And there are some people who demonize people endlessly and needlessly who are doing more harm than good, but that's not most people. The problem is that the left, especially on college campuses, is trying to restrict the speech of good, honest, normal people because they feel that that speech uh, might not be for the public good. What I don't think they understand is that all speech is for the public good within some reason. People who I disagree with, talking to them, is not actually – you might think that if Kwok was a, a socialist and I was <laughs> talking to him right now that it would create more division between the two of us. That's common sense, or at least that's what the common sense seems to be. And so reality – ends up being a little different from that. Reality ends up being that when we talk to people we disagree with, we can recognize where we disagree. This is kind of a Dennis Prager thing. Uh, <laughs> second time Dennis Prager gets mentioned on this. Um, his thing is, if, if we can't agree, we'll at least be clear on where we disagree. And I think that's what happens when, when we share our different viewpoints. Right, right. We think that we're just going to start hating each other, but in fact... We come to better understand our own viewpoints, other people's viewpoints, and why we disagree. Right. And that makes us smarter people, and it makes us a better country. And I absolutely agree with you. Look, free speech isn't just the, a tool for more political unity, you know, for better understanding. For It's not just a tool for that, but I think it's a tool to actually fight racism. I think, you know, look, we've our country has been so blessed for free speech. Some people, you know, in, in other parts of the world, people go to jail for saying a certain thing or speaking against their government. We have something called free speech that's so important and so fundamental to us. And that's granted to us. And with this, we also have the, you know, free speech. The left, I think, tends to think that the solution to racism and hate speech is to just shut their mouths, right? It's to just censor them. However, as conservatives, we think that speaking out using that our free speech rights to speak out against that hate to say that's inappropriate that is messed up we're not going to tolerate this using that free speech right and 10 other decent people like us would speak out against those kind of inequalities that will that free speech is the solution to hate speech in my view and that's what should happen and i really hope that hb 159 it, it would really ensure that constitutionally protected free speech is protected on our college campuses and that this promotes free speech. I mean, Josh, any yeah. final comments? Well, I'll leave you with this, and this is a story Ronald Reagan told, and I'm not going to do it justice, but <laughs> I've always found it kind of entertaining. Uh, but And I might get some of the details wrong. So the story goes, there's, a, there's an American and uh, a Soviet Russian, hmm. and they're sitting down and they're talking about Isn't what that one they of the jokes, right? Yeah, and they, yeah, they're sitting yeah. down and they're talking about what they like about their country, right? And the American goes and he says, 
You know what I like? Is that I can go I can go into the White House, I can bang on President Reagan's desk, and I can say, President Reagan, I don't like the way you're running your country. <laughs> and 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 the Russian says, Well, we can do that in my country too. And the American goes, You can, really? And he goes, Yes, if I want, I can storm into the Kremlin, I can bang on Gorbachev's desk, and I can say, I don't like how President Reagan is running his country. <laughs> That's always a good one, and Josh. it's a it's a funny joke. We'll leave you with that. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, tune in next week, and stand up for free speech on your college campus. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.